All right. Uh, I am joined uh, by Joshua, uh, who is somebody who I talked to a little bit uh, a couple times when I was writing my book on Christopher Hitchens, uh, which, you know, mandatory plug uh, is out in uh, less than two weeks on uh, New Year's uh, because uh, I know, you know, he was a he was a student of Hitchens when when Hitch taught at the uh, the New School, and uh, he's also somebody who, um, you know, I mean, he actually I think contributed a lot to the sort of analysis in the uh, in the last chapter of the book about you know different directions Hitchens might have gone if he if he'd lived longer, uh, since of course part of what the book is about. Uh, it's certainly not the only thing that it's about, but part of what it's about is, is sort of trying to think about uh, the evolution over time and what happened there, and you know how we get, how he went from uh, you know kind of where he was in the '70s and '80s, and uh, even a little bit of the '90s. Although the '90s were more ambiguous when um, you know he was putting out a lot of stuff that uh, that people like me like uh, to uh, to where he was in the 2000s when he um, you know was still, you know, putting out some stuff that I like, but also, you know, putting out stuff that I, you know, really, really emphatically dislike. Uh, for example, uh, his, you know, strong support for the Iraq war. Uh, so, uh, Josh, do you want to introduce yourself a little bit in the general way? Sure. Um, uh, I was at the new school from 2005 to 2007. Um, I actually grew up in Virginia. And I was kind of simultaneously doing music um, and going to school. And I can I came from, you know, pretty activist background. We, before I left Virginia, we were protesting the Iraq War. You know, um, uh, well the 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 well the run up to to the Afghanistan yeah. War actually. Um, so the the Iraq stuff mm-hmm. was starting to take shape when I was. Uh, in, in transition, but, um, you know, so I had an interest, interesting life in New York where I was kind of simultaneously playing music and, uh, going to school and spending my afternoons at the Cedar room with Hitch and, um, my politics have always, you know, skewed pretty far to the left. And I'd always followed him before that, that sort of weird Iraq war turn. And, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I kind of eventually decided I had to make a choice between writing or music, and I, I stuck with music, and a lot of my music is still pretty, you know, politi- politically informed, if not, like, very overt. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, I consider that a pretty um, intense time of learning, not from him in the way that I think a lot of people think of, you know, a teacher teach it you know there's there's this mm-hmm. idea of, of this sort of yeah. doctrinaire sort of like oh my my master you know taught me so much you know it was just it was that constellation <laughs> of events and and time and place um and just sort of seeing uh seeing this this figure that i knew as a person take on this like media um cloud you know what i mean for better and worse uh that was really instructive to me i guess has always stuck with me so yeah, yeah. So, 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 what are the years we're talking about here? Like, I, I, you said that, um, you know, the so the war in Afghanistan was already going on at this point. You said that uh, that like the Iraq stuff was starting to shape up. So, what are we talking like two thousand and two, something like that? Two thousand. Well, so yeah, so so two thousand two, two thousand three. He was starting to write this the slate columns, right? That w- eventually would become mm-hmm. uh, the long short war. The, uh, collection yeah. and I had read that before I met him and you know I, I think probably like a lot of people was just like was really uncomfortable <laughs> reading a lot of it um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah, uh, but I, I didn't actually, uh, I didn't actually I, yeah so, so what's what's the what's the year that you actually met him so I didn't I, I think I was in a class uh 2006 2007 seems about right okay yeah yeah so uh so so you know you you already kind of yeah please go that was a really cool class he co-taught it with um 
with mm-hmm. uh, another person named Melissa Monroe. And, you know, it was, it was, it was a writing class. It wasn't like a teach you how to be Christopher Hitchens class. It was, it was, um, it was, <laughs> and, you know, I think I was honestly just kind of like rolling over some thoughts after you asked me to, to talk on this show, like about my biggest takeaways from that. And it's like, it's really my, my, my strongest memory of that class was really that it, it, it taught me to write better than any, any, that, that one class more than anything I ever did uh, made me a better writer than I think anything. And, but, but, but the thing that Hitchens really like his end of, of things was really a kind of uh, clarity of thinking, you know, and, and it was like very philosophical, which I think is interesting that like the first person mm-hmm. to come from the left and sort of like make some sort of recuperative case <laughs> is somebody like you, who's got a, a, a heavy, uh, uh-huh. you know, foundation of philosophy. Um, yeah. Well, I, I mean, I think that there is, at least one obvious tie-in, which is that uh, he spent so much of the last part of, of his life, um, you know, on on the religion issue, uh, on on promoting, you know, well, atheism, or you know, really often, you know, this this sort of very political anti-theism, uh, and this is something that I, I think, um, you know, I, I talk about this a little bit at the very end of the book that. Uh, that there are, you know, plenty of people who who I've met in sort of, uh, you know, who who like my political views, who I've known from, you know, left media or contexts like that, who uh, who might have gone through a phase of being really interested in all that in like you know two thousand and nine, right? You know, they, they might have been new atheists, uh, and now you know I, I think. Uh, partially for good reasons maybe uh you know feel a little embarrassed about it and they'll sort of overreact and, and, and sort of claim to find the whole subject uh uninterested which i i you know is kind is kind of incredible to me because right. like you know it, it seems like there's some you know really core things about being human here like um you know everybody dies and stopping existing unless we don't uh you know what, what the sort of foundations of morality and you're trying to, to live a good life and all that, that stuff that's right. really implicated in that in that debate. But I mean also so I mean that's my sort of general like you know, not being totally convinced by people who claim to be bored by that now. But I will, you know, also admit that it's not a like there's part of this that isn't universal. It's just that like, yeah, I mean I I've um you know, I've I've taught intro to philosophy classes on and off since like uh two thousand and seven. So, you know, which with like, you know, still a grad student, but you know, that's, right. that's what I, I did the, the first once, which means that like, um, I've, I've spent a lot of time just through my day job engaging with people, you know, on exactly those issues and kind of seeing people, you know, getting excited about them because, you know, a lot for a lot of people, you know, when they take like an intro to philosophy or intro to ethics class when they're 19 or 20 or 21, um, you know, that yeah. might be the first time in their lives that they've ever, like, seen, been exposed to serious challenges to their, their kind of core assumptions uh, about this stuff. Uh, and, right. and or, or just being exposed to a variety of different perspectives about it. And, and that's always a big deal for them. Uh, so, so it definitely helps uh, keep me interested in that. Uh, and uh, so I think that's part of it, but but also I I think there probably is something beyond that. Well, I guess one thing I'm thinking about here is there's a debate uh, from you know like 20 years before uh, before you knew him uh, in uh, that he and, and John Judas, uh, who who ironically I think is also not a socialist now, but they they um, uh, the two of them did with a couple of Ayn Rand people in 1986. And uh, you know, just on, on mm-hmm. capital, capitalism and socialism, and even in that context, it's really interesting to see this young Hitchens uh, in his his like opening presentation at that debate, sort of laid out this really kind of um, you know he doesn't do it the way that a lot of people might, the way that I even might. It's, it's like some things like this, which would be like 
just to like kind of start off by talking about all the bad things about capitalism as it currently exists. You know, he uh, he he does it by starting off with like mm-hmm. um, the sort of really kind of first principles sorts of considerations about uh, you know human life and 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 kind of uh, you know mu- you know mutual you know mutual concern and right. you know how you only have one life to live and all this stuff. And that's and that's how I mean maybe maybe some of that right. because he's he's arguing with Iran people that's that's sort of where they live but um, but I, I thought it was really interesting to see that yeah and and you know I think I think like to me that it's the new atheism uh, uh, sort of debacle <laughs> as it's as it's uh-huh. ended up. Is it's really it really is uh-huh. a it's a branding problem and it's a cultural problem and what people I, what I usually find is if if peop, if you're engaging with people who are are generous you know conversationalists and and uh-huh. and and are they are they you're willing they're willing to talk about well is your issue with this point or this point or this point you you usually find that that um mm-hmm. on on almost any uh issue of political ethics or what they believe to be true about the universe for the most part, they line up behind most, uh, most new atheism. They uh-huh. just really dislike the branding and they dislike the cultural moment. They dislike what it became, you know, what it became in the public imagination. Mm-hmm. And there's some really great reasons for that. And there, then there's some really shallow reasons for that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's the shallow in my, in my view, the shallow reason would be that, you know, you can, uh-huh. <laughs> we have a, like, especially then there was a problem with, you know, I, I even knew a, one of the later salon editors. Um, and I, <laughs> I complained to him about the way that they just sort of made a sort of industry out of finding people to uh-huh. write pissed off articles <laughs> about how bad new atheists were. And, you know, they agreed. There's like, yeah, yeah this is bu- that's bullshit. We're trying to change that. Um, and but that stuff that stuff eventually becomes really influential to people and and that don't think that they can be influenced and they're more or less just going along with cultural trends you know it's very uncool to like those guys <laughs> um but then you have the the very yeah, real yeah. you have the very real problem of like richard dawkins tweeting out you know isn't the church bell better than the mazine called <laughs> just like objectively and you're, you're like you're like man this is you're the, you're the problem this is the problem like you know so yeah it's such a such a weird thing for for such a weird thing for mr atheism to be tweeted about uh, <laughs> so, you know i mean yeah. like because I mean, like we would all see how funny it was if he was tweeted like oh you know the way that like you know i don't know uh roman catholics cross themselves you know left to right and you know is is like just much less dignified than like the eastern orthodox you know right to left or whatever it might be the other way around you know like that like but like him him even having you know weighed in on that would would, would seem funny um but yeah i i guess, yeah i guess thinking about this a little bit but i i guess the thinking back to this right because i certainly knew lots of people who were into that in like the late 2000s um and uh in a very ambiguous way i sort of was uh and and i i think part of part of what's gone on there i mean you're right there's the, there's the sort of backlash that's partially caused you know by like yeah re- i mean you know, since Hitchens' death, especially like Richard Dawkins is probably the most prominent, you know, kind of rep, like Romanian representative of all that. And, you know, he's certainly somebody who, you know, um, he's on the list of people, I would say that, you know, that people who care about them should have an intervention to get them to delete their Twitter accounts. But, um, but like, sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, so, so, so that does like contribute to like backlash against it. That makes sense. But, but I also think, um, I also think that new atheism sort of made sense in that cultural moment in in the late two thousands, um, in in a way that it, it doesn't as much now. Not in the sense, of course, that like you know atheism you know uh, doesn't make you know as much sense or whatever because like obviously whatever you think about it, pro con or ambiguous, you know that's like going to be a eternal thing, but. Um, and you know, people, and people, you know, 
finding or losing their religion is like that's just like a constant uh of, of probably any complex society that doesn't just like you know kill people for doing that but um but i think that right like new atheism in the sense that this was like a big sort of point of like culture war focus was on atheism i think made sense in a different way in the late 2000s because of the combination of people focusing as much as many people did on um on like the sort of threat of like al-qaeda style terrorism which you know certainly hasn't ceased to exist but it doesn't take up nearly as much space in all of our heads now as it did in the 2000s uh and and of course you know motivated right. by islamic fundamentalism so that's like one half of it and then the other half that i think you also need to have in place to sort of understand what happened there is that in the in the 2000s um like the conservative side of the american culture war was just thoroughly identified with evangelical christianity like like that was that was like 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 what like right. the sort of george w bush era gop like really wore its religiosity on mm-hmm. sleeve in a way that's just very different from what's happened since then i mean like i even though i think it's still true that like the most reliable you know republican voting bloc is certainly still white evangelicals and 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 you know even donald trump was like catering to them with you know judicial appointments and stuff like that but it's in terms of at least what everybody's sort of focusing on and thinking about most of the time it's much less about that right i mean like uh, like a big part of the george 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 w bush's shtick was that um was that he was uh, was that he was born again, and like you know, not only did Donald Trump not try to you know particularly do that, right? Like, I I, I mean, it, it just seemed totally beside the point. Like everybody, everybody sort of knew that he was a scumbag, and like I I mean, like my joke was always that you know yeah. Trump could have like given a speech in front of an upside down cross that he like splattered blood on at the end. And as long as he owed the libs in the speech, you know, the base would still like it. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's tricky. I mean, cause I, I guess, I guess um, I, we may have a different view on this. I, 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 yeah, I pretty much, yeah. I watched Trump. I watched, I watched Trumpism uh, not from New York because I'd actually, I had a, I had, I had a daughter in, um, 2013 and I moved to, uh, Louisiana and my in-laws are evangelical missionaries. (laughs) And so I was, I was, Uh I I was, I was in new Orleans, but I was spending a lot of my time out in, um, more or less Cajun country, um, Acadiana, um, New Iberia um, people, so and and I was around extremely like religious people, conservative Christian people, and very politicized Christian mm-hmm. people, and the the thread from with with them and Trumpism was intense. <laughs> and to me, mm-hmm. I, I I've even thought these days I would like for for me looking out on the sort of landscape of like religious nationalism as it stands now yeah i think i think there's you know not just mm-hmm. a not just a reconsideration of hitchens overdue but a reconsideration of like that project yes it sucked that it was a bunch of like old white dudes who really did have shitty attitudes about you know other perspectives and had embedded racism and all kinds of serious problems in the group um but I, it's hard for me to look at like QAnon and not think mm-hmm. we have a, like a serious, like supercharged, you know, <laughs> uh, religious extremism problem that those guys spoke to. I think, you know I mean? I mean, yeah. I think, I think at the end of the day they they were worried about mm-hmm. these political outgrowths, you know, it was about Richard Dawkins didn't want to just deconvert people. <laughs> he was mad about the fact that, people responded to his scientific work on that basis. You know what I mean? Um, Mm -hmm. And Hitchens specifically, you know, on and on about how that's essentially the, you know, theism is the blueprint of totalitarianism. So. Right. Yeah. I I mean, I guess it's interesting uh, because I mean, 
I know what you mean. I think if you uh, like, yeah, dig enough into into QAnon, there's all kinds of like weird fundamentalist stuff uh, that's that's going on there, and you certainly have like um, evangelical churches, you know, that are super duper into Trump and 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 Trumpism. Uh, but but it does seem like I wonder if nothing else, it does seem like. Uh, most liberals and, you know, and leftists, but, you know, like, let's, you know, just like broadly speaking, like people with progressive inclinations um, don't really identify the the sort of, like the thing that scares them about, uh, about Trumpism by and large has nothing to do with religion, right? Like, 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 like with, with, with George W. Bush, part of the, widespread reaction yeah. i think in blue america was like oh my god this guy's a religious fanatic whereas uh you know well certainly nobody thought that about trump because like it could not be more obvious that he doesn't care about you know religion one way or the other sure uh you know yeah. but um but also uh but also about like even about like trumpism right it's it sort of seems like the usual kind of you know blue team of the culture wars thing about trumpism is more that like these guys are super racist that, that like, I think that they're trying to impose this mm-hmm. religion on right. them. Right. I mean, I guess, I guess there's the, you know, there's, there's the common like thread that you, you know, most like even from the far left to the center left will assent to that the, you know, Trump is a symptom. Uh, there's a, there's a wider, there's a, there's a longer term thing happening and there's a deeper structural thing at work. And I think if you if you mm-hmm. if you do sort of laser focus on Trump the man and sort of say, look, this guy's obviously not a Christian, uh, so how can the Christians like him? But then if you see Trump as you know a, the, a bull in the China yeah. shop for people who want to break that China, you know, like um, and what their what mm-hmm. their agendas look like, um, mm-hmm. then I think then I think that if you have no element of religious critique or, or critique of religious politics to, to that mm-hmm. movement, you're missing something huge. Yeah. You know what I'm really... saying? Like in terms of like the, like mm-hmm. the Supreme court, like why they want people on the Supreme court to, to make the judgments they want them to make, why mm-hmm. they, you know, how, how they're going to come at, uh, you know, gay marriage and things like that. Like, and having grown up, you, you think, know, uh, do you think in, do you think they are going to do that one? Do what? Uh, it's, gay marriage. Go after your go after gay marriage. Yeah, or or is that kind of at this point? It's it's I would, it's, it's hard to take away there. I'm to be honest. I I mean I can't imagine them backing down from any fight they think they can win. But I I would I couldn't tell you. I I I, <laughs> I wouldn't know specifically where that issue is in the courts right now. I don't I don't know, but I I, I mean I think I think it's a sort of I, yeah. I mean that 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 seems like it. Yeah, like like that one might also be tricky because it's 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 much more uh, it's a much more recent uh, decision, you know. Like so, right. Uh, so I I don't know how that would work, but also I wonder I wonder if it's still a fight they they think they can they can win like it like so i mean obviously um obviously yeah. abortion is uh and that might that might you know happen right i mean like not that the uh you know mm-hmm. the supreme court is going to say that there's a lot right. you know have, have abortion but it's like overturn roe versus wade and like make it a state issue again and um you right know, that's that seems you know like kind of likely at this point like i mean who knows but um like, uh, you know, yeah. but I, I wonder since, uh, yeah, given that uh, public attitudes have changed so much about gay rights and, you know, gay marriage, like, and, and even had by the time that, you know, Obergefell, you know, that Supreme Court decision happened, you know, I, I wonder if they would think that it's a winnable fight. And maybe they would, right? It's hard to say, but I, I, I think, like, like, one thing that, I think people often forget about sort of right wing, like, like uh, white evangelicals pursuing, you know, uh, like 
combining uh, evangelical Christianity with a conservative like sort of political movement is that that really originated um, with backlash against uh, against civil rights in the uh, in the in the 60s I mean like more than right that, right that's, yes that's what that comes out of um, you definitely know, like uh, you know I mean like there are these hilarious quotes from Jerry Falwell where he says like you know where he's like re- reacted to Martin Luther King and stuff where he says like a preacher shouldn't be involved in politics you know but then uh, then then they they very quickly changed their minds about right. it and uh, you know established all of these like Christian academies that were ways to avoid you know having to send kids to integrated schools and stuff like that uh, but on the other hand I think that there is a great mm-hmm. extent to which. They probably, you know, like they've long since known, even though backlash against that is really where their movement, you know, starts. Uh, I think they've long since known yeah. that that's not a yeah. that's not a winnable fight, right? That there's no like turning back the clock on uh, on that, at least to that extent. Right. I think I think the the value that it has, um, whether it's a winnable fight or not, and, and this is this is one way that I I kind of having like because I was raised. Uh, in a fundamentalist mm-hmm. Christian s- setting. Um, and so there's one of the biggest problems with like leaving that behind and then having coming, you know, having a sort of like leftist uh, orientation politically is you get into these conversations with people who, you know, you have a lot of uh, common goals with. And there's this belief that it's, it's, and this is again, I think where where some of the the things that new atheists talk about and Hitchens talks about is useful because it's what their their actual belief is about a uh, and, and and actually I think Sam Harris one of the best takeaways from Sam Harris's work is this particularly uh, there's a belief about how belief functions you know what I mean cognitively and and, and how we how we mm-hmm. uh, interject that into our lives and. It, you know, I remember the first time I was told what homosexuality was and how like it was used. It was it was supposed to, sure. you know, ex- like uh, create a sense of disgust. Right. And but from then, nobody, nobody mm-hmm. needed to nobody politicized that nobody directed it in any way. Like I had a Bible. Right. And I'm like, <laughs> what, 10 years oh. old? And I go and I look it up and I, and, and I have this worldview, right? Where God yeah. made the world and this is his book where he tells everybody what's right and what's wrong. And it says to me clearly in the book that this is a, a sin punishable by death. I, no, no like cynical conservative had to, had to do that to me. <laughs> um, because yeah, it's, yeah. Just, it, it's 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 yeah. it's the it's yeah. it's the progression of of <laughs> of 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 taking in this information. So I think the way that people believe that these are people who are hateful first, and then try to use religion yeah. to create a political or to to move forward a political agenda. Certainly, certainly there are cynical movers within <laughs> the the larger framework that are doing that, but for most people, that's really what it's like, you know, these like probably Mitch McConnell believes a lot of the bullshit uh-huh. that, you know, you know, like he's a, just an old white guy who believes in Jesus and some of that stuff can be really simple. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of inclined to, to think that, uh, that Mitch McConnell believes in, in lower top marginal tax rates, uh, you know, uh, at least as much as he believes in Jesus, but, um, but, but I, <laughs> right. I, I, I guess, I guess I would, I, I do wonder, I, I mean, I want to get back to Hitchens in just a minute, but like, I do wonder about what you just said about being a kid and, um, you know, having, um, and, and like, you know, hearing about homosexuality and looking it up in the book and all that stuff, because, um, I, I mean, just obvious naive question, like, okay, yeah, it does say it's a sin, it's punishable by death. Uh, but like it says that like I don't know a couple paragraphs after, you know, uh, follow you know, like whatever the, you know, mixing different kinds of fabric is is a is a sin and you know and, and right uh, exactly yeah you know uh, etc right so like like I, I mean just I mean maybe 
I mean, maybe those just weren't things you looked up or like, or like, did you like, were like, were you ever kind of, do you ever have any kind of cognitive dissonance about any of the like, okay, clearly there are a bunch of rules in here that, uh, that we're not supposed to follow anymore. Like what's, what's special about this one? I mean, so uh, later, yes. Um, but I would say that that phenomenon was less common than, um, be, than, than being more inclined to think weirder and more intense things. Like, um, so at the, at the age that I was looking up homosexuality, I wasn't, I wasn't, uh, you know, I wasn't scholarly uh, by any stretch of the imagination, but in in my teens, I did get, I did get that way. I did get interested in theology and I, I didn't, I wasn't like an angry atheist teenager. I was, I was kind of a believer up in up into my twenties, uh, increasingly nominal, but, uh, but yeah, I, I I would say, I would say that, you know, if I think about like how the internet has sort of acted on, on belief systems like religion uh i think back to like when i would discover new things and i i was much more inclined to become weirdly more radical than i was to be like oh this doesn't make any sense maybe i should get rid you know maybe i should just like take it all a little lighter (laughs) it was more like oh my god it says that like you know holy Uh shit like i better not mix these fab you know like not that specifically (laughs) but no yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like to the to the extent that you noticed like stuff there that uh that you knew people didn't make a big deal of, like reaction was more like, oh, maybe we should make a big deal of this one too. Yes, definitely. Okay, yeah. <laughs> which is why when I, which is why it's it's not very mysterious to me to watch. You know, you can keep hammering on QAnon, but it, you, there's all these all these um now, you know, Instagram channels and YouTube channels devoted to sort of showing you these wild christian youtube channels and this is more or less what people are doing <laughs> you know what i mean these aren't these aren't like theologians um they're probably not cynical conservative mm-hmm. radicals just trying to use they these are just people who are like winging it <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> they got a book and a platform yeah. and yeah <laughs> yeah I, I mean i think that I, I mean, I think that there, the question of, of like cynicism is maybe a little bit different from the question of like causation. Like, why is it that people latch on to these particular things? You know, that because uh, um, I mean, look, any as as any right. you know, good non-believer should be able to tell you there's the you know, there's a lot of stuff in there, and a lot of it contradicts other parts, and uh, and so if if people are latching on to particular things at particular times. Uh, you know, there's there's probably some much more specific, um, you know, kind of cultural uh, explanation of that right now. I mean, I think that the sort of um, like, and and I, and I do, I, I should say, I mean, I do give you know Hitchens a hard time in part of the book about sort of say that he was a you know even to the bitter end, right? I mean, there's a quote from him from like the last few years before he died where he describes himself as a very conservative Marxist. Which I, I take it to be his way of saying that he, uh, you know, no longer sort of saw himself as a participant in the socialist political project, but uh, you know, he still thought that you know Marxism was basically correct as right. a framework for understanding the world, and you know, he he said that many times, even in the last like, like even in his like response to Norman Finkelstein, that's in Hitchens and his, yeah. you know, was it uh, a rock terror in the left, the Hitchens and his critics book, uh, he. Um, you know, even there, right? He says yeah. that he believes the materialist theory of, of history, and so I give him a little bit of a hard time about like how, on the one hand, he's saying mm-hmm. that, and on the other hand, you know, he he very often, when he's talking about religion, seems to have this explanation for uh, you know, like various bad things that you could say are caused by religion. That's like uh, that sort of mm-hmm. uh, that 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 really seems to be just about like the ideas themselves, almost as if they did drop you know, drop in from heaven. Right. Like, you know, yeah. Yeah. So, so, so I, so, so that's, that's that's my, you know, that's my criticism. Um, you know, that's my criticism there, but I mean, I, I certainly do take your point that, uh, that probably as much as like, uh, liberals in many cases have kind of lost interest in the subject, although I suspect they might regain it. Like the Supreme court really does overturn Roe versus Wade, you know, but like, as much as for for now, right, right, right. For now, liberals have have largely lost interest in it. Uh, you know, like you're not going to get stuff like I remember the late 2000s, like Family Guy, 
like did an episode where Brian meets one of his girlfriends because they're both reaching for the God delusion at Barnes and Noble at the same time. Uh, and (laughs) (laughs) you know, like that was kind of like, this is something I think actually people on the left sometimes, sometimes forget about the new atheist moment that, uh, because I think the sort of like, uh, cliche left dismissal of that stuff really focuses on Islamophobia, which I do actually think was very much in the mix for some of these guys, as we, as we were talking about earlier in the conversation. Definitely. Uh, but also, I think yeah. I, I think what that kind of misses is that I think people sort of latch on to the elements of Islamophobia and they latch on to Christopher Hitchens' late bad foreign policy positions, which were not unanimous by any means, even within the Four Horsemen, never mind at a grassroots level, uh, you know, within, within New Atheism. Right. Um, and, yeah. and I think they kind of forget that, like, it was new atheism was very much a phenomenon of the liberal side of the of the culture wars in the late in the late two thousands. I mean, like like there there were people who were like economically right wing libertarians who who were involved in it certainly, but like those are people who, by and large, felt you know, yeah. like felt much more culturally comfortable with liberals than conservatives. You know, <laughs> like like and 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 right yeah and, sure. and like my my strong sense at the time was that the average person who would read. Uh, you know, Dawkins' God delusion or, or Hitchens' is, you know, God is not great. Uh, it was really into it. Like, by and large, were people who, who you know, loathes George W. Bush and all his works and uh, and certainly, you know, certainly didn't like the Iraq Iraq war, at least at least all the ones mm-hmm. I knew, uh, were like yeah. that. Uh, but but I, I want to get into, um, again, right. if, anybody, if anybody wants to, you know, what, what wants to call in, you know, we, we do want to talk to people, not just each other. But, um, but I, uh, I think uh, so. So I want to get into a little bit more to to the uh, you know your personal view of this, right? So we, we've been talking about the new atheism stuff, which even though I mean I talked to Peter Hitchens, and you know he he told me that he thought that like Hitchens' view of religion was probably the most consistently held uh, view that he had over the course of his life. He said probably for about the age of eleven, um, but. Yeah, I, I don't huh. know. If, you know, I don't know if that's true, but for the record, that's what his brother says. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> right. You know, uh-huh. uh, it's, it's, I suspect it's a little bit of an exaggeration, but that that like there's there's probably some truth to that. Um, that you know that like he had this sort of baseline antipathy to religion, you know, throughout throughout like his life since he since whatever age he was when he like had his original epiphany mm. that you know the you know you know. Uh, but that uh, about about religious belief. But what I was going to say is that uh, in terms of like being like a, a big focus of his, um, you know that that's really something that happens yeah. in the in the two thousands. Like like even even his mother Teresa book in the nineties has less about religion per se than you would think right. uh, inside. Uh, so it's really a, yeah. about. Yeah. Really, I mean, obviously, in the early 2000s, you know, when he's taking these pro-war positions, it is all bound up with this this view about the dangers of of uh, Islamic fundamentalism. But like, really, his getting as much into the broader issue of religion as he did happens about the time that you were in his class, because like, uh, God is not great comes out in 2007. Right. Yeah. So yeah, the the, the uh, he'd actually just the first class. Uh, he just brought the Thomas Jefferson book to the class to give everyone a copy. It was okay. brand, it was brand new, so that was that was the re- that was the one that he was really nice. promoting at the time. Okay, yeah, that's interesting. Um, yeah, which right? So he he writes these books about Jefferson, and and I I don't even know off the top of my head whether it came before or after. But there was also one about Thomas Paine. Uh, Thomas Paine came after, yeah. After, yeah, okay. Um, and, you know, which I think has to do, you know, I mean, in a sense, I mean, obviously, you know, I mean, he spends a lot of time talking about history throughout his, you know, throughout his career. I think mean, that's one of the charms of his writing. But, um, but I think his focus on that particular part of history definitely has to do with those bigger political shifts, like that, you know, he has a line that he'll use sometimes in, um, mm-hmm. in the uh, 2000s. Um, you know, when uh, when he sort of says basically that um, out of the great, you know, historical revolutions, the American Revolution is the only one that's still available for export. 
Um, you know, so, right. you know, right. which, which I think, I think that turned out to be kind of a tragic delusion. You know, the export part is, I think we just saw in Afghanistan, but, um, uh, mm-hmm. but, but yeah, so, so that's, so that's interesting. So, so as well, I know as well as like taking this writing class that like, you know, you and probably some other students would also like, you know, just sort of go out to the bar and hang out and talk about politics and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, so what? Uh, yeah, you want to give us like a little bit of a flavor of that? I was um, usually a listener, and I guess, I guess, again, this goes back to what I was saying before about how um, uh, w- watching a, a person like that uh, who has this this sort of media image and, and things that the ideas are growing and changing and there's, there's a lot of chatter and they, the people think they've got this or that figured out about this person uh and s- sitting through those conversations i think was was one of the was the thing one of the things i took away not oh like christopher said this he's so right this is what i believe it was more like yeah, yeah. it was more interesting to me to watch these things unfolding, this new sort of like media landscape and, and uh, him sort of being a heat seeking uh, figure as far as that went Um, and sort of seeing how Mm -hmm. like large groups of people can develop these really strong senses of like just certainty about, you know, what somebody's motives are, what somebody's personality is. And I guess what I would say, because the only thing I could tell you about those conversations is he's, you know, every bit is erudite and sort of like constantly referencing, giving you books to read and talking about this random, you know, volume from 1962 mm-hmm. that you absolutely must find, you know, and you could just spend your time writing all that down and listening and whatever. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, it, it, we, it was the new school, right? You get, you get like, you get assigned mm-hmm. Marx's philosophical manuscripts, like in every other class, and has a legacy that attracts a lot of like hard like left people and he's already come out with these positions you know so people would come at him uh with a pretty haughty sense of you know this you're you're an, an asshole and you're wrong you know um uh and mm-hmm. just just the way he like i think he could really diffuse that sense of of, of certainty was always interesting to me and the, the 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 motives attributed you know everybody's like well why you know lo- people love to figure out why a leftist turned you know trot or turned neocon or whatever and speculate about their financial goals or this or that ego and um you know mm-hmm. add to the, the 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 really i think the best that can be said about him is that he just loved ideas he just loved thinking and he loved like talking and he loved i mean he he didn't say anything he didn't believe you know what i mean like uh i think if you can i think there are a few little nuggets that that he was known for for saying that can kind of cast some light on maybe how he thought in the later years because one of the things he always said was that everybody's full of contradictions the only difference is like like mm-hmm how you resolve your contradictions. Like, do you bother and how do you do it? You know what I mean? So I think you see a lot of that in sort of like 2000s uh-huh. Hitchens, like resolving the contradiction, trying to resolve the contradictions. Do I believe in a Marxist revolution? Do I like, you know, how do I make all these things fit? You know what I mean? I think he was trying. <laughs> and I think he was a very, like, I think he's a, a smart enough guy that he can kind of maybe even convince himself of certain <laughs> things that um you know in the end we can all see uh-huh. weren't uh weren't he, he didn't resolve <laughs> the con- the contradictions in other words but 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 th- th- yeah, th- th- those are that that's really uh my takeaway from it it's it's not any sort of like uh grandiose knowledge or it's just this kind of little secret history of like this is actually pretty clearly what this dude was about you know what i mean um it, for as much as you know and people write books <laughs> like he was actually a christian like 
you know, I mean, it's just, it's pretty, it's pretty wild. Like the Christopher Hitchens motives, speculation, like psychoanalyzing who he was, um, as an essay project or a book project. But I think he, I think. Yeah. So, so for people. Yeah. No, I was just going to say, I think he puts it out. I think he pretty much puts it out there. Pretty straightforward. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think so. Um, as so, um, for people who don't know what Josh is talking about, the uh, the, the secretly Christian thing is Larry Taunton, who um, is a evangelical who who Hitchens debated and and you know who organized other debates that he was part of, but you know who he also you know became friends with and you know and 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 went on some road trips with and. Um, and he, he came out with this uh, very strange book uh, several years ago, which I think is actually why the sort of big authorized biography that's that's or unauthorized biography, I should say, uh, that's uh, that, that's coming out. Like, I mean, I think it's why like 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 uh, Hitchens is, uh, you know, widow and, and, and estate, you know, were like so reluctant to cooperate with that, you know, because they, they felt like, you know, they were, they were sort of burned by this, you know, that. Um, Taunton put out this strange book called uh, "This Was It: The The Faith of Christopher Hitchens, Wrestle Soul, the World's Most Famous Atheist," uh, where he basically speculated that Hitchens uh, was like teetering in his atheism in the last years, and I've seen people suggest that uh, that Taunton was like making stuff up in these conversations he was reporting in the book. Uh, not that I would actually know, but for whatever it's worth, my gut feeling is that uh, I, I'm pretty sure that he, he's actually not being dishonest. I think that everything that Taunton says, that Hitchens says, I'm, I'm sure he did say because none of it actually supports his contention. You know, right. he just puts this really bizarre spin on it. Okay. Right? Like, like, like every time, uh, right? You know, like every time Taunton makes what Taunton thinks is a really great point, and Hitchens lapses into silence. Taunton interprets the lapse into silence as like Hitchens just being like dumbstruck by what a good point this was. <laughs> you know, it, it just, right. it just seems to me that there are lots of other reasons why people lapse into silence in conversation. You know, besides, uh, you know, besides that, right? Uh, and uh, and like, there's like one line in there where they're like talking about belief in an afterlife, and Hitchens says, "Well, you know, it's you know because he already had cancer at this point. You know, it's it's." Uh, you know, the idea is not without its appeal to a dying man, which is like, okay, look, I didn't, you know, I didn't know the man, but like, just based on his public persona, I could hear him saying that mm-hmm. in my head. Like, that that sounds like a totally plausible Hitchens sentence. In fact, uh, it's it's very close sure. to the sentence that he does do in, in, to, in Letters to Young Contrarian in 2001, uh, you know, where, where he, he actually spends a couple paragraphs on why, like, uh, you know, he, he, you know, doesn't like contemplating, you know, his own mortality, and he, he's not really convinced by the sort of traditional philosophical consolations about why this shouldn't bother you. So and it, it's like, yeah, no, I'm sure he did say that. Right. I just don't think that meant what you think it means, right? I think it's just sort of like, ex- yeah, sure. You know, uh, <laughs> but yeah then, there, yeah, then there's like the left version of it, which I think you're also talking about, which is um, people, you know, people on the left. Uh, like you know, I mentioned Norman Finkelstein earlier, uh, and uh, he has this ass, you know essay you can still see on his website called "On Christopher Hitchens," uh, and it's a very um, it's a very strange uh, essay. And I should say that I actually, you know, I mean, whatever with even with all of his many eccentricities, right? I have I I have, I have a ton of respect for Norman Finkelstein. I think that he's like. Um, you know, I, I think that he's he. I think that he took mm-hmm. a very like honorable stance on the Palestinian stuff and and, and paid for it. You know, and, and I don't like the grudge and feeling salty about like anybody who is sort of prom- prominently on the wrong side yeah. of a somewhat related issue. But um, uh, even though Hitchens actually had pretty good position, you know, views on Palestine right up through the end. Uh, but yeah, uh, exactly. But like also like reading this essay which is like pretty typical of the sort of like uh left kind of oh he, you know he's made it sincere uh camp uh all i can yeah. think is like none of this actually fits with 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 his his public stance right like in other words you know he's got this like he says oh hitchens is just this typical apostate you know he describes 
all the features of left apostates and it doesn't quite notice that none of it really fits right like 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 he says the you know the apostate you know to make, <laughs> to make the most dramatic break goes on and on about how wrong he was about everything it's like well no that's kind of the opposite of what Haitians did you know he he actually uh if anything yeah. you know, he made a lot of effort obviously not in a way that's entirely convincing to me but he made a lot of effort to to try to show that this was actually consistent with with his earlier beliefs and, and commitments in uh, in important ways, and you know there was other yeah, people changed right. all this stuff, and, and I think the sort of br- broader thing is that um, I think, and and you see this in lots of non Hitchens contexts now, like if you're around kind of like online left discourse and like podcasts and social media and stuff like that. You see this thing where, like, the word grifter has practically been watered down to the point where all it means is, like, person who disagrees with me. Uh, you know, that, like, everybody's, you know, everybody's a grifter. You know, that, like, uh, right. you know, <laughs> yeah. like, like it's, it seems like a lot of, uh, a lot of people who share my politics now in, in 2021 have sort of decided that, um, that what they think is not only right, which is, you know, good, you should be confident in your ideas, but that it's so obviously right that, like, sincere disagreement is impossible. That, like, anybody, you know, anybody who says... Exactly, yeah. You know, especially if they started out agreeing with you, anybody who, like, reconsiders or says, actually, you know, this no longer makes sense to me, or, you know, like, when new events happen, they react to it the way that, like, starts to create distance with you. That like oh that that in particular can't possibly be real which which I think is a um, like I under, I think the very reason why that's so appealing makes it really dangerous because if you identify with the anti-war socialist left which I certainly do um, it it's it's this I mean it's this really flattering story to tell ourselves that like we are the the sort of virtuous ones uh, who are doing what we know is right. And all of our critics, and especially you know, especially people who who may, might have started off close to our positions, uh, they're they just took the money, you know that that's 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 all there is to it. And it's like, yeah, that's, right, that's right. Obviously, a really flattering story to tell about yourself, but it's it's also completely ridiculous. I mean, like to take you know, I mean, it's it's like the uh, it's like the secular leftist version of like uh, of of evangelicals who are like, well. I guess Josh was never really accepted Jesus in the first place, or you know he wouldn't have, you know he wouldn't have strayed. Yeah, right, right, right. Well, I think it, I think that also is a like I, I I can't help but but think about that as a manifestation of of how few people or or maybe how common it has become for um, for people to sort of adopt politics as an, as an identity and as a, as a, as a very rough sort of like set of, you know, performative commitments. Um, whereas like that there's not really like, mm-hmm. like without having ever had a lot of like, like experimentation when it comes to ideas or being terrified to experiment to the point where you could like, like actually think, like understand how, for instance, a neoliberal thinks. you know what I mean? Like, I, I think that I think it's I think it's that clue that that sort of cluelessness sort of like lends to that that view as well, um, where you're just they're they're kind of tell they're kind of telling on themselves, yeah. you know, as far as how how deep it really goes, I guess. Yeah, no, I, I think so, um, and and I think that. I, and and uh, what you just said—I I mean, I think you put your finger on what part of what bothers me most about this. Because if you if you sort of tell yourself that it's impossible to, like, I mean, I guess people believe that, like, you can just, you know, I'm sure people believe that, like, you know, their mom who kind of, you know, watches Fox News and you know has some wacky opinions, you know, I mean, I, I'm sure they understand that she's sincere, but like, uh, but people who convince themselves that uh, that what they think is so obviously right that it's impossible for anybody to have like good intentions and to spend a lot of time reading and thinking about it without coming to your conclusion. Uh, and, and anybody who right. does is just trying to, to trick people, you know, that they, they can't possibly, you know, really, really think this, uh, that like beyond just being kind of dumb. I, I also think that it's, it's dangerous because of the exact thing that you just said, like that, uh, 
then it really like if you can't get inside people's heads and like try to figure out how they see the world and, and, and how somebody might like sincerely come to to perhaps as in the Iraq war case like a really damaging and dangerous position uh then that really robs you of your of your ability to um you know that really robs you of your ability to uh uh to to engage with them in, in, a, in a way that's going to be convincing to anybody who's like sort of um anybody who's immersed you know in in other in other points of view you know with, right um yeah, and, and I and I and I think too. I mean, like this this does get into something that I think is, you know, as badly wrong as he went in many ways from my point of view in the last uh, decade, especially, um, and and in some cases, you know, started in the in the late nineties. I mean, I, I should say, or you know, early nineties even, right? Like, although I think in a much more ambiguous way before nine eleven, um, but you know, the it is worth mentioning that the first war. Where he really started to warm up to the idea of the U.S. military could be a force for good in the world, uh, was was not actually a case where the U.S. was bombing Muslims. It was a case where the United States was intervening on the side of Bosnian Muslims against Serbian Christians, uh, which you know, which right, right. should like that doesn't mean that that doesn't mean that there's nothing that he thought later uh, about you know about Muslims or Islam or whatever that you can't legitimately take issue with. I mean, I certainly think he had a vastly overestimated view of the realistic threat posed to Western societies by al-Qaeda style terrorism. But um but I right. I, I think it does really undermine the uh, the the sort of uh you know like really like straightforward like you know like those are the two acceptable left explanations. Either it's just grifting or it's just like raging Islamophobia and like those are the only two things that could possibly you know be uh that could possibly be going on there. Yeah, uh, yeah, and, and I think that really, I think that really undermines it. But, uh, but it, I was going to say, as as many things as I think that he got, you know, badly wrong in the last decade. I mean, I think part of the enduring fascination for of him, for me at least, is beyond just the fact that, um, you know, this this sort of personal panache with which it all comes off. Uh, and and the the uh, the writing chops and and how that translates into him as a speaker and a debater. Uh, I, I think it's just the right. fact that he was somebody who was quite that interested in sort of throwing himself into uh, arguing with people who deeply disagreed with him, like like that. Uh, that I mean, I, I think yeah. I guess given my particular biases and interests is, is like what really like kind of makes. One of the things that makes him such a compelling figure for me, like I fucking love the fact that in the uh, the you know when like God is not great comes comes out instead of just doing the traditional book tour, it's like no, find me like a pastor and every stop to argue with. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. I mean, and I but I think also that that gets to um, uh, you know, I find myself these days. I have my own. I have my 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 own certainly specific commitments i've stopped writing for much like public consumption or publication at all but i think like one of the thing one of the things that makes hitchens like as a you know his career generally or just his persona as a thinker and engaging and and worth sort of like you know if you want to take away something worth um modeling you know uh is is that you know for for the for the way that people like him are painted as you know just these brash people who won't listen to anybody else and just think they're so right it's like it's actually when when you encounter somebody so so for instance i i've spent the majority of the last 3 or 4 years sort of obsessed with the philosophy of neo reaction and the answers to it on the left accelerationism all those kinds of things nick cernichek yeah. nick land you know all these kinds of reza Negarastani, you know, whatever it is. And it's like, uh, um, you, you get into the grifter thing with that as well. All, all these neo-reactionaries are just grifter, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, there's a whole book that, that goes at that subject that way, because it's a lot scarier to challenge yourself with <laughs> the, the darker questions of, you know, the Nick Lang question, like, like what does human ethics mean if we're not human anymore? You know what I mean? And uh, it's, mm -hmm. it's a general, it's actually a generosity in a sense to sort of like try to take that in and try to like 
roll it around in your mind till you can have, you know, as protracted an answer to it as some on the left have given Nick Land, as opposed to the people who have said that these people are just a bunch of idiots and grifters. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I really like that. Uh, yeah, that's, that's probably a, a good note to, uh, to clock out on for today, but, um, but yeah, we should, we should have a, we should have a conversation about Nick Land and the reaction sometimes. I, I don't know. I don't know very much about it, but that would be fascinating at least for me. <laughs> Anytime it's, it's, uh, always, free, <laughs> always entertaining conversation, if nothing else. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, Thank you. Uh, thank you so much, Josh. Uh, thank you. Uh, so on uh, Sunday, so uh, the day after Christmas, if uh, for anybody who's had their fill of Christmas cheer, I'll be on here with Lillian uh, Sekercia to talk and take calls about uh, about Marxist theory. So I think that that should be uh, that should be really interesting. Really looking forward to that. That's going to be like, I think, 11 or noon Eastern. Still still figuring that out. She's a brilliant. So want to do it like pretty early the evening for her but uh but yeah uh thanks and i think uh i think we're gonna uh cut it there uh for uh for today left is best <laughs>